Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're so glad that you're here this morning. We want to welcome you, welcome all our members, welcome our visitors, welcome those who are joining us online. Uh, What a great blessing it is to to be here and to focus our minds on God and not on all the the worries that this world offers. And and we're grateful for for all those uh, who are here. We're grateful to Ron. I know last uh, several weeks we've asked him to kind of step up when others have been gone to lead singing, and he's he's, uh, graciously done that, so appreciate that. Um, as already been mentioned, this Wednesday we're beginning The Chosen, and so I uh, would encourage you to be here early, 6 o'clock, we'll be cooking hamburgers. Our kitchen isn't ready yet, but you see that, that we're progressing in our, in our remodel, and it'll be done soon, uh, but we'll be cooking hamburgers outside and grab a hamburger, uh, enjoy the fellowship with, with members and hopefully uh, several visitors, and then at 6.30 we'll start The Chosen, and we'll get to watch that and discuss, um, you know, the, the episode and discuss uh, Jesus and just get to know him more and more. Well, we're in this series where we're talking about identity, and this morning we want to talk about image. And, and image is a, a word that's, that's found quite a bit in our culture. It's, it's, it's one that's common. We talk about the image of a company. And so people are, are hired and they're paid money to, to make sure a company has the right look. And if something goes wrong, if someone tweets the wrong thing, then that's bad news. People are fired. You know, they, they lose sales, and, and it's serious business. On social media, you have something called influencers. And, and these are people who have spent a great amount of time creating, crafting an image and gaining followers and their image is, is everything. It is how they make money. It's how they push products. And so a lot of thought is put into what is the right image. We even present an image of ourselves when we're sort of in certain contexts, you know, in business dealings. We want others to perceive us as being professional. On social media, we present an image to others, and we want to be seen in a certain way. And so, in our current culture, an image is something that we craft. It's something that we create, and it may be planned. It may be worked on. It's something that may be imagined or presented the, the images that we share with the world um, may not always represent who we are. They may have a different purpose. Their purpose might be to make money or to garner likes. And this is what image has come to mean, but it's not the only definition of image. An image can also be a reflection. It can be a representation of something else. And so this is the older understanding of image. It's the one that we find in Scripture. And so image is not a facade. It's not something fake. It's something that is true about ourselves. And so image is a word that's found throughout the entire Bible, and it's used in various ways. And the way that we're probably most familiar with comes at the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. 
verses 26 and 27. I know we looked at this last week, um, but I want to do a separate lesson just on image and what it means to be created in the image of God. And so it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so right here, Genesis chapter 1, this begins this important theme that's going to run throughout all of Scripture. We find it again in in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Well, this is a question that that people have asked for a long, long time. And scholars have wrestled with it. And the the, the Bible doesn't provide just one single answer. That's what we want. We want a single answer. We want to say, well, this is what it means. Why is this? Why isn't there just one single answer? It's because to be created in the image of God means more than one thing. And so think of it this way. God is a complex being. He's so complex, he's he's beyond us. We can't grasp everything there is to know about God. The Bible says that God's ways are beyond our ways. And and so God is really complex. And, And then we as human beings, we're complex. We're not simple beings. And so it's not that we are created in the image of God in just one way, but that we are created in the image of God in multiple ways. That's why you don't have just one answer to this question. Now, Genesis 5 is a text that that we don't study very often. You may have forgotten about it. You may have not even remembered that all this language about image and likeness was here. But it's really quite helpful when talking about what it means to be created in God's image. Because here it's compared to something. And what is it compared to? It's compared to Adam and Seth. And so when Seth was born, guess what? He resembled his father. And he had some of the same characteristics and traits as his father did. And they shared some of the same DNA. And they had much in common. And the same is true of us and God. We are children of God. And every human being has this image inside of them. And so there's something of God within us. And we all have this capacity to image God in our lives. Now, what is also fascinating and helpful is to, to, look in how, to look at how ancient people would have understood this text. And we often miss this, but it's really important. This idea of a person having the, the image of God within them was not unique to Israel. Okay? Um, it was found among pagans as well. 
but there was a big difference between the two. The difference was that in the pagan cultures, you know, you can think of Egypt or Babylon or Syria, all these pagan cultures, it was the king who was the image of God and the king alone. And Genesis pushes back against that idea. And Genesis comes and says, no, that's not it. All human beings are created in the image of God. And so the, the roots of equality are found in Scripture. Equality, which is this great virtue that we hold dear in our world, we have it because of the Bible. If you get rid of the Bible, equality likely doesn't get introduced into our world as a virtue. And there is no religion, no philosophy that has a higher view of humanity than Christianity. And it all begins here in Genesis. It all begins with this idea that we are created in God's image. And so the, the next significant mention of the word image comes in the book of Exodus. It's in Exodus 20, the, the Ten Commandments, they're, they're given. And the second one says this, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or is in the water under the earth. Now some people may not make the connection between this commandment and what we find in Genesis, but we should because they're directly related. How so? Well, in Genesis, God declares that, that human beings are created in his image. And now in Exodus, God commands that human beings are not to make or create an image of God. Why is this? Well, there's, there's actually multiple different reasons. But one of the reasons is because God already has images on this earth. And they're human beings. Now, I, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, well, human beings aren't good at this. And we're often found acting in ways that are contrary to the ways of God, and I would not disagree with that at all. I think that that's a valid point. Um, you know, we follow the story of Genesis, and we know that what happens shortly after God declares human beings created in his image is that they rebel. And, and we as human beings, we, we declare our independence from God. And, and we don't want to be representatives of God. We want to be gods ourselves. That's what Genesis 3 is all about. Well, of course, that goes terribly wrong. And, and Adam and Eve do not enjoy a newfound freedom once they declare their independence. What, what happens is they see their nakedness and they feel shame and they feel afraid. Now... Sin is not unique to Adam and Eve. It, it infects all humanity and even God's creation. So sin, what sin does, one of the things it does is it mires the image of God within us. And so when we sin, we are not imaging God. We're not following God. We are rebelling 
That's what we're doing when we sin. We're, we're rebelling against God and, and not acting according to how we were created. And so to sin is to act less than human. And when we act like God, when we follow God's ways, what we're doing is we're embracing our full humanity. Now, the climax of Scripture is God taking on flesh, and we call this the incarnation. It's what we celebrate every Christmas. And one of the reasons God takes on flesh and he comes to this earth is to teach us what it means to be human. Colossians 1.15 describes Jesus in this way. He is the image of the invisible God. Okay? So we are created in the image of God, every human being, but Jesus is the, capital T-H-E, he is the image of God. Uh, the, the image of God that we have within us, that's been distorted because of sin. And Jesus has to come to earth and he has to show us how to live. That's why it's really important that we study the life of Jesus. Because he teaches us who we are to be. And so Jesus does more than just die for our sins. That's really important. But that's not the whole story. He reveals our true identity. And so who are we? We are men and women created in the image of God. What does this mean? It means that we are to go out and we are to image God to the world around us. God does not have statues. He does not have carved images of himself in the world. But what he has is us. And we are to live in such a way that our lives reflect God to the world. And as we do this, we begin to learn something about ourselves because as we're doing this, we're, we're becoming the people that we ought to be and we're being transformed into the image of Christ, the perfect human being. And, and this brokenness that, that all of us have within us. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. This brokenness that's within us, it is being redeemed. And we become more human. And we become more fully alive. When we draw closer to God, we're going to experience peace and joy. We're going to live at harmony with one another. If we give into the flesh, if we deny this image within us and move away from God, then that leads to uh, anxiety and division. You know, we see it in, uh, we see it in our world today. We, we, we see division everywhere we look. There's this, there's this deep lack of, of trust uh, in other human beings, and, and we're suspicious of one another, and there's this lack of grace in our world, and we might think, you know, all this, what we're experiencing is new, but it's not. You can look at passages like Galatians 5, 13 through 15. He says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom 
as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Adam and Eve thought that freedom was doing whatever they wanted to do. They thought it was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they were wrong. Their so-called freedom, it, it led to fear and shame. And it cost them their home and their lives got worse. It didn't get it better. But true freedom is following God. It's loving our neighbors. It's trusting others and drawing near to them. It's, it's not this biting and devouring one another. Living as we are supposed to live is human flourishing. It's imaging God in our lives. To be human is special. It, it means that, that we do have something of God within us. And this is true for all human beings. It's true for Christians and non-Christians. It's true for black and white. It's true for conservatives and liberals. It's true for Americans and foreigners. And just go on and on and on for everybody. This is revealed in a passage towards the end of the Bible. And so James, the brother of Jesus, speaking on the evils of the tongue, he offers this truth. He says, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed. And has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. James says we're not to curse any human being. We're not to speak ill of any human being. It doesn't matter whether they're our enemies or not. It does not matter whether we know them or not. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what they've done. We're not to curse another human being. Why is this? He says, uh, the, the reasoning he gives is because they were made. They were created in the likeness of God. He goes back to Genesis chapter 1. That's his reasoning. They have something of God within them, and therefore we must treat them with dignity and respect. All people. Who are we? Well, our identity needs to begin where Scripture says it begins. And so we are created in the image of God. And and knowing this informs who we are. It gives us purpose. It sets us on a path. We know who we should be. And we know where we're going. We don't have to be confused. And so God, God comes and he tells us who we are. He created us. And it's up to us to live into this reality. Confusion and and, and discontentment and all these things, they they happen when we stray from the path and when we try to be something that we were never created to be. So the, the world wants to tell us who we are. We're somebody, we're nobody, we're great, we're nothing, we are indispensable, We are expendable. 
All of these voices want to determine our identity for us. But they do not have a right to do that. They do not know. They do not understand. The voice that we need to be listening to is that of our maker. And we need to listen to God. God is who formed us. And God says that that we are special. And that we are created in his image. And that he has crowned us with glory and honor. That wonderful passage about humanity that, that Grady read for us this morning. Psalm 8. Go back and look at that again. God has crowned us with glory and honor. And God's word is all that matters. And so we know who we are. Now it's up to us to go and to live according to our identity. To be an image of God in our broken world. To point people to a better life. It does not have to be this way, the way that it is. We, we, we can live at peace. We can you know, step away from all the, the noise, all the backbiting, all the name-calling, all the fear, all the anxiety, all this stuff that happens in the world. And we can remind people of who they truly are by embracing the identity that God has already given us. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful that you created us, that you cherished us, that you thought so highly of us to bless us and to bestow us with glory and honor. It's easy to forget this at times. It's easy for us to think less of ourselves or to lose this vision of who we ought to be. Help us keep this fresh in our minds. Help us live up to who you made us to be. Father, be with us as we strive to be the image of you in this world to act like you, to speak like you, to do the things that you would do to treat people the way that you would treat them. I pray that our focus would be on you and not on these other things that are just getting in the way. And we are especially grateful for Jesus who embodies this, who took on flesh, who came to show us what it means to be created in the image of God. He is your image. And Father, I pray that we would study his life, that we would read the Gospels, that we would look at them every day and remind ourselves that this is who we ought to be. May our lives be shaped by the cross. We're so thankful for the sacrifice of Christ and the way that he lived. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Now I offer you this blessing from the book of Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus 
the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If you're here this morning and you have a need, if we can help you in any way at all, we would love to do that. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing?